0: Hello everyone, we, Vaishali and Niharika are back with and welcome you to the Walk In My Shoes Conversation podcast series. We are witnessing unprecedented protests in Poland today against the anti-abortion bill that was passed. Admittedly, this year has been taking a blow towards reproductive health rights internationally. Now combine that with the pandemic and we have ourselves the perfect excuse to subvert women's rights. So today, since we also lost her this year, we thought we must walk in the shoes of the legendary Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and delve into two aspects of reproductive health rights, contraception and sterilization and abortion. The moving parts of this discussion will be the distinction between the right to health model and the reproductive rights model as explained by Lenskabel. Through this conversation, we will try to highlight how women are still being treated as mayor host and being denied rights systematically. So, it is 2020, and by the number of years that have gone by, we have come a long way from when the Universal Declaration of HR, that is UDHR, was signed, and yet find ourselves deprived of a stated international human right to reproductive and sexual health. However, the surreptitiously adaptable and evolving field, that is human rights, has found other ways to further this right. This has been done through a combination of treaties starting from the International Conference on Population and Development that is, ICPD and the ICCPR combined with ICSCR and its General comments. Let's familiarize ourselves with the difference and distinction that Gable has attempted to create. He noted that a guaranteed right to health exists and is universally recognized. The definition of it has become extremely broad and accounts for tangential need as well. This right poses obligations on nation states to perform certain duties and make healthcare available and accessible. The ICPD then defines for us reproductive health, which then becomes guaranteed. Through, through CEDAW, Article 12. What happened initially was the development of fundamental right to health, which by various movements running parallelly, the world also saw as extending to women some rights and access to services specifically related to pregnancy, the scope of which is a little indeterminate, but the minimum is clear. Because the ICPD recognized that gender equality and equity along with the elimination of all kinds of violence against women and ensuring women's ability to control their own fertility are cornerstones of population and development meanwhile the privacy doctrine also developed and in conjunction with women's rights movement and the thrust of the icpd led to the consideration of decisional autonomy of women and brought up the personhood movement this was also echoed in article 16c which also which i'm sorry which allows women to choose the number and gap between the children and their bear Ultimately, in light of General Comment 14 to the ICSCR, which inter alia makes maternal health care and a core non-derogable obligation. Gable noted that the two approaches must be combined such that a reproductive health right can be envisaged and guaranteed as a human right. Do we think this is something that is possible and and would it be something that Justice Ginsburg would have supported?
1: I think we must elaborate on this with an example. Let's take the idea of contraception. Now, Contraception has been an important focus throughout the world for various reasons, ranging from avoidance of unwanted and unsafe pregnancies, to a way of encouraging safe family planning and the policy consideration of population control. It is also a way for many cultures to avoid getting to the stage of abortions, which are highly debated, and we'll get to that in a minute. Now, with contraception, especially in the Indian context, let me play you a short conversation I had with the government doctor in charge of the gynecology Award in the civil hospital in Gurgaon.
0: Sterilisation is <laughs> carried out. Males sterilisation is very less, but females are there, quite females. Females are more, and in sterilisation, they specifically prefer lepro preferred leproscopic sterilisation. Tubectomy, tubectomy, right? Leproscope. To itna...
1: so what we heard was first that all methods of contraception are geared towards women with the exception of the condom of course what we also saw was the recognition that in a patriarchal society contraception and consequently sterilization are considered to be pr- the prerogatives of women From the idea, from the lens of human rights, then, when I look at, look back at what uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, in her lecture titled "Speaking in a Judicial Voice," said, I feel compelled to say that she would make a twofold argument here. The first would be to look at the lack of male contraceptive options as a failure of the states to provide adequate services to men. All our documents, including the WHO comment report titled Ensuring Human Rights Within Contraceptive Programs, a Human Rights Analysis of Existing Quantitative Indicators, does not in fact quantify factors around creating and making available male contraception. Despite the fact that in 2009, the WHO iterated the right of both men and women to have access to safe, effective, affordable, and acceptable methods of fertility regulation of their choice. Now at first this may seem insignificant, or perhaps it may seem radical to some as well, but when government um, authorities such as the National Institute of Health in America publishes a study stating that male contraceptive pills or injectables were developed and tested with efficacy to show that sperm potency could be uh, reduced in um, in irreversible ways but such things were rejected due to um, complaints of mood swings in the subjects it makes you really wonder how far are we in ensuring equal access to contraceptive services and equal thrust of um, family planning in, in, in our society. So so Justice Ginsburg would argue that the second failure of the state here is to ensure decisional autonomy of women. So Because what they're essentially doing is they're creating constructive force as the only available options for contraception are all Female oriented. The fact that no national family planning program or legislation or even international documents refer to the state's obligation to push the development and use of male contraception is problematic and places the burden of family planning and contraception on women.
0: That is actually interesting. We see the positive rights of men being violated, resulting in the denial of negative rights of women. This compels me to apply the same logic to how we are seeing sterilizations in India and otherwise. Most countries, when drafting their family planning policies, have relied on somewhat of a neo-Malthusian understanding of population control and development. Mass birth control by way of sterilizations when voluntary may be a policy consideration But when it is forced, it strips affected citizens of their fundamental rights. The UN and various bodies have unequivocably stated that forced sterilization are violative of fundamental rights and undermine dignity of a person. Justice Ginsburg would point out that India saw systematic coercion qua Sterilizations under the Gandhi in the 70s when males were forcefully sterilized. Currently, Uzbekistan is forcing its female citizens to be sterilized. A UN special reporter in 2013 called its practice akin to torture when intention becomes irrelevant. The problem here is that governments have come up with a target based approach to family planning in many countries, though this was a problem in early two thousands. IHRL rose to the occasion and introduced positive obligations to approach a target free approach to sterilization, most significantly cedom General Comment nineteen para twenty two. Justice Ginsburg, however, would point out that even an incentive-based approach, not just a target-based approach, may also be coercive and violative. It may be an ignorant understanding of choice as it would ignore concerns of intersectionality in terms of gender, race, and caste, and very importantly, class also. Another aspect stemming from equality that Justice Ginsburg would perhaps point out would be that um, in a patriarchal society where the women shoulder the burden of family planning, forcing women not only denies them from their basic rights but also in the longer run the choice and chance to start a family again with another person. This practice feeds into and from another societal practices which derogate autonomy.
1: So we must wrap this discussion up by also featuring in the law and situation around the right to abortions. Of course, we're all aware that Georgia and the U.S. attempted to pass an anti-abortion bill which was struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in light of the decision uh, rendered in Roe v. Wade. And Poland is also witnessing these massive protests um, against their anti-abortion bill. Now let's take the practical example of Poland. So Poland now, Poland has, was one of the first nations to have ratified the CEDAW, and it also has ratified the ICESCR. Now, a quick sidebar for context, the ICESCR released its General Comment Number no. 22 in 2016, which in effect summarized and acted upon precisely what Lance Gable envisaged in combining the two models and creating a reproductive rights, uh, health rights approach. The general comment number 22 has placed specific core positive obligations, including making available the right to abortion, and has specifically ousted forced sterilizations and projected them as grave violations of human rights. Now, in this light, a question that we must consider is, how are so many anti-abortion bills still being passed then if we've considered them to be violations of human rights? Now, Justice Ginsburg, in her take or dissent um, in Joe v. Wade, had shown us how an equality-based approach was necessary to solidify decisional autonomy. Because of an approach that says the right to the decision... The right to decisional autonomy when it comes to women and reproduction is hinging upon privacy or rather safety we see how the religious right finds arguments to create statutes that limit the right to abortion without violating the decision of roe versus wade or any such um uh, any such uh, authority that tells you to not violate privacy when it comes to abortion however Based on precedents such as the LC versus Peru case, wherein the CEDAW instructed a state party, which is Peru, to liberalize abortion laws, and then other cases such as Melit versus Ireland. It is actually hard to imagine a ban like the one sought to be imposed in Poland withstanding time now. Therefore, human rights seem to be evolving to have included a right to reproductive and sexual health. So, concluding today's episode, we would like to say that the CEDAW general comment number 24, read with the ICSCR general comment number 14 and number 22, have provided us this framework wherein holistically a direct as well as an indirect violation of the right to reproductive health can be challenged. What we have tried to do here is to show through Justice Ginsburg's philosophy that a problem that we Envisaged to be a women's rights problem is in fact a larger issue, which also affects men and and, and and violates their foundational right to access to certain services. The General Comment number 22 has a dedicated section to achieve um, equality, and they've titled it Equality Between Women and Men in Gender Perspective. Um, similarly paul hunt has also written vastly about this integrated approach to interpret a right to health in a rights-based approach lastly through the effective interpretation doctrine to give true effect to the meaning of right to health and the right to reproductive health the states would have to take steps that would reduce the patriarchal and societal burden off of women and not just um recognize negative rights but also confer and come through with their positive obligations um, so that's it for today we are we are grateful for you, you having joined us and for you walk having walked with us in justice ginsburg's shoes today we hope that you liked
0: it we hope that you will be back